You know what, Sam? What? It's time to give out some grades. Yes, it is. Coming to you from the heart of Kane's country, this is the Kaniac Report. Your number one source for everything Carolina Hurricanes, hot takes, predictions, game analysis, and NHL news. And now your hosts, Sam Wallace and Sam Driscoll. All right, we are back with another episode of the Kaniac Report. Uh, we hope you have had a good few days. Uh, Sam, we are finally doing our end of season grades. It's kind of a tradition a little bit. I mean, our very first episode was doing mid-season grades, so it, we're kind of keeping this as a tradition. Yes, and it's not the whole team. It's just the, forward, the defensemen and the goaltenders, and then we'll do the forwards in a week. Friday, yes, yeah, in so. a week, because Monday I think we're going to be having another guest interview. Yep. Scott Burnside will be joining us for the Monday episode. You guys will enjoy that. He's always has a lot of great information and a lot of hockey knowledge. Yes, he does. So, yeah, let's get to it. But before we get to the uh, end-of-season grades, we're going to get to quite some, some NHL news here. And, Sam, boy, was there a huge trade this week. Yeah, it was a three-team trade. It was interesting, but the big piece of it was the big piece. The big piece of it was Ivan Provorov to um, Columbus. Yes, right. those Columbus. I have the full trade right here. So it's a three-team trade. Uh, Philadelphia. Um, they what they get from L.A. is Cal Peterson. He was on a bad contract for L.A. He was not playing good. Uh, Sean Walker, decent defenseman. Um, Hel- Helge Grains, who is a B-, B prospect for the LA Kings, a defenseman, and a second round pick. And f- and what LA gets from Philly is Provorov, because they're, they're the middle man, the middle team here, along with a couple other prospect- prospects, Hayden Hodginson and Kevin Conotone. I could be getting pronouncing these names wrong. I really could. Um, but please show me some forgiveness on that. But uh, Columbus then retains 30. Well, I think 30% was retained from LA, I believe. And of Ivan Provorov, and it goes to Columbus on a $2 million deal. And what Philadelphia gets from Columbus is a 2023 first round pick and a second round pick for 2024. Not bad. I think everyone, it's a win-win-win deal for all these teams. Yes, it is. Um, And it kind of ties into the next bit of news here. But for Philadelphia, um, I mean, you can tell this is a team that's going to tank. Yeah, they're trying to rebuild. They're going to rebuild because they traded Ivan Provorov. Well, um, that wasn't so much designed for a rebuild as much as I think there was time for a divorce between the teams. If you listen to Elliot Friedman, he kind of talks about it too. There was some souring there um, for a lot of different things. Um, the question is, though, and it's going to come up, is that divorce between the player and the team, is that because of what happened with Pro Ralph speaking out? On 
the price. Not, I, I don't know if that's going to be the, the. I would. I think it's kind of sad if that's your only reasoning for getting rid of. I the don't player. think it. I don't think it is. No, no, I think there. From what I had understood, and what I had read, it sounds like there was a souring with the player and the team before that thing, and and I think that was just part of it. Again, everyone knows how we feel about all that. A player's right to do what they want to do. There's a player's right to do what they want. You shouldn't hold that against him at all. There was no, there's no appearance that him or any of the other players who didn't were hateful. If you think that you're just part of the woke mob, like grow up, you're just an idiot. Um, but either way, I, that that was not the only reason that Provorov in Philadelphia had a souring. There were there were other things that were going on behind the scenes between him. He probably didn't get along with Tortorella. That's no shock. A lot of players do not. So I think it was just a lot. Of, it wasn't just the player and the organization, probably the player and the coach, player and the rest of the players. But he so. wasn't he wasn't playing well for Philadelphia. No. So I can see why they traded him for that reason. And also, I mean, with the whole thing of Provorov um, coming out against Pride Night, I mean, remember what John Tortorella said in reaction to that? He's like, well, we're going to defend our players. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, I mean, they defended Provorov basically. They did, and I mean, maybe again for that decision. And again, I don't know. I find it really hard to believe that that's the only reason he's gone. If it's even a factor, I don't know. But they, then there were there had been a souring there between him and the organization for a while. Again, I feel again it's a player's right. I mean, I saw a tweet against Eric Stahl, and when was Pride Night for Florida? Months ago. Why are we still talking about this? It was from, and again, I don't call out people often, but I'm going to today because it was so stupid. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the Storm Cellar is another fellow Hurricanes podcast, if you want to call them that. They don't really talk a lot about hockey, but they attacked Eric Stahl over something absolutely stupid um, about him not wearing the Pride jersey. And I hate to break it to you, that doesn't have anything to do with him doing badly. And he's not. He had a in goal. Terms, in terms <laughs> of his on ice. Yeah, that has nothing to do with it. If you think it does, grow up. Again, you can either talk about hockey or be part of the woke mob. Can't do both. And they choose that one, and that's fine. But stop with this. It's months ago, and these players have moved on. Move on. Just, just move on, please. For the love of God, we want to talk about hockey, not about this. BS, because then we have to talk about it because it's part of these players. These are former Hurricanes, and it's news. I want to talk about that. I'd rather talk about trades. Yes, I like and this stuff. <laughs> yeah, let's let's continue talking about this trade. Um, I think so. Philadelphia, I think, is good because they're heading in that direction. Uh, Columbus, obviously, they need some modifications on the blue line. I still think they're going through a rebuild, but it's not like Philadelphia where they're starting it. And I think L.A., they needed to clear out cap because, and we'll just go ahead and go into the news here, L.A. signed Skavrikov to a two-year, $5.875 million contract. Good deal, I thought. And I think that was the reason why they traded those two contracts out so they could sign him. Most likely. I mean, Gavrikov's a good player, so that's good for L.A. I mean, these are, again, everybody won in this situation, right? Columbus got what they needed. L.A. got what they needed, and Philly got draft picks. And uh, I think they got a couple prospects, too. So, yes, it worked out, right? It worked out for every team involved. They got what everything everyone needed. And I think that really works out for all these teams. And trades started early, 
I expect there to be more. I expect I, Heart or Heart might be available. I heard today. So again, I listen to the Thirty Two Thoughts. You do too. And, and I, I saw today that I guess Elliot Friedman maybe posted. Um, or talked about on maybe it was Jeff Merrick's show, but Elliot Friedman said today that he had been told to tamper down the talk on Hart that might not be as imminent as initially thought. So that's a surprise to me that they're willing to move him. I'm probably not so much because he's a young goalie, and I think he's a good goalie, and I certainly don't think his he's a problem. He's not the problem in Philly. The problem in Philly is they don't have anybody. So <laughs> Well, I do think Philadelphia kind of rushed Carter Hart into... Uh, the NHL a bit, I but I think possible. I think I think he may be a little bit recovered. I don't really blame Carter Hart. I mean, for Philadelphia's uh, performance this season because he's a very young goalie. But I mean, that's going to be interesting. We know the news that Alex DeBrincat might be traded. Might not. Yeah, I think that might be an interesting case there. Um, Debrinket is looking at a lot of things. And with Ottawa, they have a new ownership coming in at some point. So is he going to wait for that? Is he not interested in waiting for that? Um, I don't know. I think it's likely more likely than not he gets moved. But I heard his destination is up in the air. It could be anywhere. I think Carolina is a perfect landing spot for him. I think Columbus is a good landing spot for him. Another piece to add there. Um, I, I think there's a lot of good places to go for Debrinket. Chicago, not bad. To add, you know, put him with Bedard if he wants to go back there. Yeah, because I, I doubt he it. started that. I, I doubt that too. But I think the reason why he might want to leave. It's because there's just so much uncertainty around the ownership yeah. of the Senators. And Ottawa's a good team. That's a player that they could probably replace if they really, really wanted to in free agency. Again, I think a comparable to Debrinket is Tarasenko. He's just older. So if they're like, okay, well, we're not going to get him, but we can throw some money at Tarasenko and we'll replace the offense. But Carolina likes to make trades, and Debrinket's an option there. Pierre-Luc Dubois, another player, he asked for a trade this week. So he's going. He's he wants out of Winnipeg. No shock there. Um, that's a player Carolina could target too. Um, and then I really like a guy. I like the player and for Vegas, and I'm blanking on his name right now, but he's been Ivan Barbashev. Yeah, I like him yeah. a lot too. We'll see what that direction goes. I think he's a free agent though. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely interesting. Um, and uh, Jack Jury requested a trade from Carolina last year. And yeah. that doesn't surprise me either. In fact, I don't blame him. But we him. just found out about this news. Carolina's very good at, I think, keeping things they want to keep under the radar, under the radar, and this is one of them. He's also not a big-name player, but... I think he has decent value, considering he's still young. And, I, and, and listen, the, the way he plays, I think there's definitely potential there for yeah. him to be a top-six player. I'm, yeah, and I think he gets traded this offseason. I, I do. I think you move from. I think you move him because I just don't I think do there's – I don't think there's room for him in the roster. Not when you've bet on Coach Kinyame being your top your, – your number two center. So that's what you want, right? Exactly. You're not going to give it to Jack Drury. No. So at this point you need a third – line center now maybe that's jack jury but i think you still move on from him because i think you have options all right uh to, well to you do, have so. other players in the bottom six too nason martinuk yeah martin um, i think fawcett i think has a really good chance of being resigned 
Uh, I don't think Faust comes back. Really? Because Corey Lavalette put a uh, um, article on the Athletic for the Hurricanes, and these said that Faust might likely return. I just, I don't know. I think he can, it, if Faust comes back, it's because he wants to play here and only here. If he wants money, he'll go somewhere else because he'll get more on another team. Because and he'll get more on another team and more playing time on another team. But could he come back? I mean, sure. Could everybody? Could they literally re-sign everybody? Sure. I just don't think so. Yes, definitely. Um, and uh, I and just the thing too, just to kind of go into it because I think it's interesting. I listened to. Don Waddell was on the fan uh, yesterday. Um, yeah, I listened to that too. And he, they asked him, like, what, what do you, what is, where do you see how many new players on the team? And they asked him, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight. And he kind of thought it was, you know, the initial answer was he said anywhere between four to seven. That's a whole line, at minimum for forwards and if you're talking seven that's two lines and maybe even a defensive pair or two right so there is expected movement of players right you have a lot of your top six you're missing a top six forward so that's probably going to be one of the new pieces you need a bottom pairing defenseman if you choose not to go with Lejoie that's fine so that could be Gostaspare it could be anybody you have money to throw around this offseason um, you're bringing Jordan Stahl back for sure I'd be shocked if they didn't and kind of embarrassed. Um, oh, I would too. If you bring five, I mean, the most likely players coming back, Jordan Stahl, Jesper Faust, Auntie Ranta. I don't know about anyone else. I think because Gostasbury is going to test. Stasty's probably going to retire, if not test again. He might come back, but I doubt it. I think Calvin DeHaan and Derek DeHaan's gone. gone. They're gone. I think, I think both those guys are gone. I see more Stepan returning than I see with the. I do too, but the fact that Stepan was in and out of the lineup this year tells me they don't view him as the answer. So yeah, I think Stepan's gone too, unless they bring him back again for that. But again, I think he wants to play, so he's probably going to go somewhere he can play a little bit. Unless again, his only goal is to win a cup. He resigns here. Yes, that's definitely a possibility. And the last bit of news is that Chicago signs. Anastasio to a two-year, four points. Athanasiu. Sorry, Athanasiu. My bad. Um, two-year, four point two five million dollar contract. I think that's a decent contract for Chicago. As Chicago knows that they are in rebuild mode right now, um, and I think Athanasiu. 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 Sorry. Um, I think he's a decent player. I do too. I don't think he's worth four point two five million, but yeah. But it doesn't matter for Chicago. He's fast. It, he is fast. It doesn't really. The cap doesn't really matter matter to Chicago right now because they're going to have a lot of cap space because they're a rebuilding team. I mean, you should have a lot of cap yeah. Space. I think they get better this year, but any team's going to get better when you add Connor Bedard. Instantly, you get better. So, well, yes, I agree with that. But also, they won't you finish need dead to last. Have, you, need, you also need to have the right players surrounding Bedard, too. Sure. Well, they, they won't finish dead last this year, though. Again, I think they'll finish bottom half, but not last. Probably Arizona this year. Yeah, maybe Arizona. Or Philly. <laughs> Arizona or, or Philly. Or Philly. Yeah, definitely. So now let's get to our official end-of-season grades, Sam. 
Um, this is our kind of like our start of like a, a little bit of a mini series of recapping the 2023 season. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing grades. Uh, we're going to recap. I want us to do an episode of just recounting memories because there were a lot of good memories this season mm-hmm. and um, more stuff. But let's get on to the grades. So, want to do goalies first? Sure. Um, I'll let you go first. I'll let you do all three, and then I'll do all three. Okay. So, to me, for Kachekov, um, I gave him a B grade. And I'm doing a scale of D, well, of A, you're superb. And F, you're terrible. <laughs> bye bye. Uh, but I gave Kachekov, I gave him a B. I didn't give him an A because he did have a rough start um, or a rough stretch, I would say, during the season. But there was a very long stretch in January where he was lights out, amazing. And he was just playing excellent. Probably one of my greatest memories was when he. Uh, was named number one star. They're going to interview Jacob Slavin, but yet Kachekov still comes out. And be like, yeah, yeah, hey, that was I'm funny. Jo- I'm still joyful. I'm happy. But that was just a great memory there. But um, I give him a B because um, there's so much potential in this guy, and I still think, but I still think there's more to give. That's fair. Uh, for Anderson, this was a tough one actually. I'm giving him a C plus. The reason why is he played amazing during the playoffs. He really did. I thought he was wonderful. But he did not play very good during the regular season. No. He did not. And while it's important to play really good in the playoffs, it's also very important to play in the regular season. And I just think the regular season kind of his performance during that time looms, I think, larger than his time during the playoffs, in my opinion. So I'm giving him a C plus. And of course, he's a free agent, Sam. I don't know if he's coming back. I really don't. I I bet no on him coming back. Personally, I don't think he does. Yes, I think there's. Be- I think there's I don't. More... I don't think he comes back. I don't know if there's better in the free agency as much as I think there's more reliable. And at this point, but I think you have to. I think the management, when it comes to Anderson, is going to have to ask the question: Is Kochetkov your starter, or are you looking for a starter? That's your question. Is it you're giving the reins to him, and whoever you bring in is going to be like your one B or backup? Or is Kochetkov your one B backup, so you're going to spend five plus million on a starter? And I think that determines whether you whether the chances of Anderson Aranta coming back are higher. So right, because at that point, it's if you believe Kochetkov's one A starter, Ranta's chances are higher. If you believe Kochetkov's one B, honestly, to be to be honest with you, Anderson's not a one A one B kind of goalie. He's your starter i mean he started he's supposed to start 60 games is what he did for us last time right that roughly that number he's just he's a workhorse he so is you bring him back he's to be the starter and kochetkov will be the backup but i think kochetkov to be good we saw this this year he needs to play. be consistent he needs and, to play a lot and he needs to play a lot yes i agree my whole thing with Anderson, though, is he is given a huge workload, usually. 
But I don't think it would be bad for him to go down from a full-on starting goaltender to a 1A, 1B goalie. And if if he's willing to accept that, maybe you see an Anderson and um, Kachekov do well. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, and But with Ronta, I gave him the highest grade on here with a B plus. Okay. Because I thought he was the most consistent goalie. Um, did he get hurt at times? Yes. He did. He's made of paper. <laughs> He's made of paper. That's why I didn't really give him an A. Yeah. I didn't give any of these goalies an A. But um, Ronta was the most consistent, most reliable goalie this season. And good for him, man. I, I, I really like Father Finn, as they would like to call him in the locker room. So, yeah, those are my grades. So, Sam, what about you? And actually, before we get to the goalies... Let's get to our sponsor. Light the lamp during hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can make a $5 bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boo Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash hockey terms. Well, so now we'll talk about mine. I don't think we're very far off. I, I gave Kachetkov a C plus, and which I consider average because he was really good, then he was really bad. I mean, really bad. So, C+, right? So, that's kind of where average. Anderson, also a C+, because he wasn't very good during the regular season, but he was unbelievable in the playoffs. So, again, not very good, very good, average, C+, overall, right? grading playoffs differently you know it's different but if and then Antti Ranta I gave an A because he was great in regular season and in the postseason he was consistent and I think that's just great for our goaltenders and I have nothing most because we went into depth about these guys during when you were talked about yours and I gave my opinions there but I, I thought again our overall I think overall if I'm giving the goalies a grade it's probably a B B plus right around there. So if you're combining them. So I, again, the only one coming back for sure is Kochetkov. I think he gets better, but he's young. He's going to get better. Yes. And I think he, and I think the thing for the hurricanes on their side of things is to make sure he gets developed correctly. Uh, so yes, the, those are our grades for our goalies. And now let's get to our defensemen. Uh, first, def- uh, Sam, do you want to do the same thing where I talk about all the defensemen and then you, or do you want to go one by one? There's a little bit of a longer list than the goalies. Let's do one by one. I'll let you start. Okay. One by one. All right. So for me, Calvin DeHaan, I actually gave DeHaan a B. 
I thought he because I thought he played um the um the best well I won't say he was the best defenseman obviously but I think he was really good in his role and he was clearly um the probably the third best defenseman no no I don't really want to say it like that basically I think how all of our defensemen um were is I kind of view Slavin Burns Shea Pesci all as being very good number one goalies then you have Jalen Chatfield and then you have DeHaan and I think DeHaan played very well in his role um, I thought DeHong was very good for most of the time. Is he not that good of a skater? He's not. But I still think he played very good. I gave him a B. I, I gave him a C plus for the same. And again, not far from you. Because he was fine, but just fine. He didn't play a lot down the stretch. And he didn't play at all in the playoffs. So he was serviceable. And that's about where I give DeHaan. I'm glad he brought him back. I thought it gave us depth on the blue line. So, again, he was serviceable. And then that's what you expect from from a guy of veteran status like him. Yes, and they signed him because they knew Coughlin probably wasn't going to work out. And we'll get to Coughlin eventually. But the next defenseman is Brett Pesci. I know you have some polarizing ideas about Pesci, especially during the playoffs. <laughs> Um, I gave Pesci a B, though, because I thought he was excellent during the season. Again, to me, this is a defenseman where at times, I think defensively, he is up to par with Jacob Slavin. He can be that good. But I didn't give him an A for the reason that I didn't think he played that good in, prob- I would say, namely the Florida series um, in the playoffs. So, I'm not giving him an A, but I'm giving him a B because he's still a very good top four defenseman. And for that reason, I gave him a C plus. I, I didn't just kill him again. Dang. We're close. <laughs> no Bs for these players. So uh, far. Yeah, I, to be, and, and to be fair, there is nobody I gave a B to. So, it was either good or average. So Even Slavin. I said I didn't give any Bs to. Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, Pesci C plus. Thought he was fine. In the regular season, he did okay. Again, I just wish he wouldn't shoot all the time. He's not a shooter. And when he does, it usually goes usually goes the other way. (laughs) (laughs) He shoots off the shin pads, puck goes the other way into the back of the net. I don't like that very much. So he needs to be careful with his shot. Um Which is funny because before the season he didn't really have that problem. No, he must have he must have got lessons from Jay Harrison. That's what happened. Yeah, he probably might have got (laughs) lessons from Jay Harrison. But I mean there was some scoring in his previous seasons, just this season. No. I think he tried too hard, and I think that's the problem. Yeah, he probably tried too hard, I think, as well. But again, C plus, he was still fine. I mean I I still think he's a player you move this offseason for a bigger piece, or at least be willing to talk about. But that's my opinion, and you're right, I have more polarizing view. I don't want to run the same squad back. I'm sorry. It hasn't worked five times. Let's try something new. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the next defenseman that we, that we have my favorites, Jacob Slade. Let me guess an F. No, not an F. I a gave D? Him, 
No, I gave him a C. No, I'm just kidding. I gave Jacob Slavin an A. He is just one of the best defensive defensemen uh, in the whole league. He has great character, and 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 you can see that because he has an A on his jersey uh, as an alternate captain. And the guy, what's amazing about Slavin is that we talk about so much about how good he is defensively. But another thing, too, he's a really good skater. Now, is he as fast as maybe Jalen Chatfield or Shane Gossespierre? No, but he's still a very good skater overall. And I think Slavin can at times have some offensive capabilities at times. Now, are they star-studded? No. He's not a Brent Burns type of player when it comes to offense. But he's just a good... I, I, I think defensively, I think he's the best in the NHL. But I also think he is also probably one of well, the best on the team in terms of an of the all-around defenseman that you need. So, that's why I gave him an A. And for that reason, I too gave him an A, but I gave him an A+. I thought he was always, he did, you know, Jacob Slavin things. So, best defensive defenseman in the National Hockey League by far. There is nobody better than Slavin um, when it comes to being a defensive defenseman in the National Hockey League. There's just not. And, and I wish there was an award for... Best defensive defense, and there should there should be, in all honesty. Um, but Slavin did great, and I'm honestly just truly I'm proud of the guy. He always plays so good, a leader in this organization, definitely a candidate to be the next captain, um, for sure. Again, you have a couple on the team. I think Slavin and Aho are your two candidates. So, and they've earned the right to be candidates for it. To be a hundred percent honest. Oh, definitely. And Slavin was great. A plus for me. I told you I didn't give B's, but I gave A's. I'm not that mean. <laughs> there you go. That's why I like. And also, I mean, if you guys haven't seen it, um, there's a really great video uh, made by Sp- Sportsnet with Jacob Slavin. Jeff Merrick hosts the video, obviously. But I thought it was such a powerful video. And it just shows, Sam, that there's more to life than just hockey overall and it was yes. just a great video so yes uh, next player dylan Coglin. i bet I, you gave him an f i i gave him an f yes <laughs> um surprisingly i did not i gave him a c are you serious <laughs> i gave him dylan a c Coughlin? i gave him a c but i gave him a c because i looked at him as objectively as i could and it was simple for this one reason dylan Coglin got better the season went on. I don't feel he got worse. So I want to reward. I think that's a good argument to be made there. I want to reward progression, which is why I can see them re-signing him. He's an RFA. So I he's a cheap player. Oh, he's a cheap player you can bring back. So I think I can see him coming back and them seeing what he can do in preseason, right? You bring him back for like a one by one, not expensive, Worst case scenario, you send him down, somebody claims him, your million dollars is off the books. He's a player you kind of got for free, right? So Yeah, he, he, he was in that trade with Pacioretty. Exactly. So you kind of have a lot of, uh, you know, house money to play with with him, right? So you sign him to a cheap entry-level deal again, or, you know, a cheap 
deal. Worst case scenario, you throw him down to your minors. Not a big deal. You carry him as an extra defenseman. It's not bad. Nothing wrong having an extra defenseman. We found that out this year too, right? Definitely. This team had extra defensemen, and it was great that they did. Granted, we didn't have defensive injuries like we did forwards, but still, not not a bad thing. But I see. I thought he got better, and I think he. I think he has. I think his ceiling is top six, right? I think he can play in a team's top six, maybe even a top four. But I mean, like that bottom half of the top four. But I think I that's see him his, as a fringe NHLer. I, I think he can get better, and I think it's because of his shot. To be a hundred percent, I will agree. His shot is what can is. I mean, if you're trying to sell yourself to a team. For Dylan Coughlin, he needs to sell his shot because it's really good. The only thing is that, and he, I I think there's an argument to be made for that he was progressing, but even during that time when he was probably a little bit better than what he was at the beginning of the season, uh, he still was turning pucks over and his skating, my gosh, he is one of the slowest players on the ice. I would love to see a skating contest between him and Jake Gardner. <laughs> Wait, we don't have Jake Gardner on this list. Because he didn't play. <laughs> we can't grade how he plays because he didn't play for us. Oh, did you hear we resigned him four years by eight million? Oh god. <laughs> All right, next is Brady Shea. Brady Shea. I gave him a B. Really? Yes. Okay. I I gave him a B. Um, a, a lot of the reasonings is kind of the reason I gave Shea. I thought he was really good in the regular season. In fact, he stepped it up a notch in terms of his offensive capabilities during the regular season, which was really great because it was during the time where you really needed goal scoring, too. Um, it was during the time where Svech was hurt. Uh, Pacioretty wasn't coming back for the remainder of the season. Brady Shea really upped his goal, his um, offensive production a ton during that time. So that that's a huge reason why I gave him a B. Now I didn't give him an A because again I thought he was part of the reason, along with Pesci, of why we did not play good. I'm listen. I I think we played good against Florida, but it wasn't enough. And I think. Those two on the ice, man, it seems like Florida scored every time when they were on. And it was just frustrating. So that's why I gave them a B. Um, To me, the most glaring thing that I just did not like about Shea was in game four where he kind of tried to knock knock the puck down in the air, which led to the first goal. I I just didn't like that decision making. Uh, But I gave him a B. What's your reasoning for giving him a C? I didn't give him a C. I gave him an A plus. Oh really? I thought J- I thought Brady Shade took a massive step, and I'm kind of and in this case I'm kind of writing off the playoffs because he played such a great regular season. He turned into a sniper in the last part of the season. It was like okay, okay, but Brady Shade came down. It did in the, in the playoffs, and that's fair. But I'm at this point. I think his regular season was just so good. I'm, I'm not willing to dock him for the playoffs. So I loved Brady Shea this year, which is why at the end of the day, I'd rather have Shea than Pesci. That's yeah. just me. 
Because you like offense on the blue line. Because that's the thing we starve for yeah. in this organization. We starve for goals. And again, I've made my comments about the Brenda Moore system and management, and I think changes need to be made. I think people need to be on hot seats for this season. I really do. And I'll go over some of these things with um, Scott Burnside as well and get his takes on them. But... I love Brady Shea. I thought he provided what we needed, but he can be a good defensive defenseman too. The great thing about Brady Shea is a two-way forward. He could score and he can – there's a two-way defender. He can score and he can shut things down. So at the end of the day, I think Brady Shea is your, most, your second most important player on your blue line. You're like, well, what about Brent Burns? Brent Burns is almost 40. Yeah, Brady Shea is about a decade younger, more than a decade younger if not just around yeah, that decade. Around, he's around a decade younger than Burns. But, I mean, I would agree. And Brent Burns, I mean, he was, I mean, he, he's next on the list. I, I gave him an A because Burns, um, he really played so well um, during the season. Now, interesting enough, during the start of the regular season, Sam, I wasn't a, that big of a fan of Brent Burns because even though he might have been good offensively for us uh he was not good defensively he was playing very loose um he kept giving the other team really good quality chances to score in our goalie but as the season went along he finally found his place on the team and once he did my gosh he played such a good game and he plays a completely different game than I I would say that probably almost any other defenseman on this team. Now, I think you might be able to make comparables of maybe Brady Shea because of his scoring a little bit. But Burns, he has this power forward type of game, power forward um, finesse type of game to him because he can just walk past players when he's on this game. And he showed that in the playoffs. And he's got a hell of a bomb. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> He's got a hell of a bomb. The only thing I wish is I wish he could use that a little bit more on the power play. Well, but again, other I think than that, that's the Brenda really Moore good. system. It's the Brenda Moore system. It might be, but again, I have said this before. I love Brenda Moore's system. I think it's a huge part of uh, where the team is at today. But I think there needs to be modifications to allow for some more offense. Um, fair enough. I think I'm more radical in this take than you when it comes to the system, but we're not here to discuss Brendan Moore's system. No, I not. also gave Brent Burns an A+. I thought he was outstanding. Oh, he was. He was just great. And I think it worked out really well for us. And I think, again, he, he, he hasn't aged. He's acting like he hasn't aged anyway. So I'm looking forward to what Burns will do next season, yeah, now like, that he is completely integrated with the team. Yeah, he's like Yamir Yager. <laughs> he kind of defied the aging I think it's process. funny. I think I heard that Yager might come back. Really? I saw some corner oh, of world that Yager might try and come back to the NHL. And I'm like, you know, if you can play and a team wants to sign you, all power to you, man. Yeah, all power to you. Uh, Shane Gossespierre, who we got at the trade deadline, uh, he came out hot right when we got him. He was really good. I loved him. His <laughs> offense kind of cooled off a bit, especially in the playoffs. But what I liked about him is that he was really fast, and I thought he had really good chemistry with Chaffield. And, I mean, I don't think you can get uh, a lot better with Gossespierre as your sixth defenseman. Because he's, he's amazing. 
Well, yeah. Well, Gostasper is a top four defenseman playing on your bottom pair. What more can you ask for? He had great feet. He had great shot. He had a great ability to skate. I gave him an A+. I thought he was great. I did. I wasn't really expecting offense when you're on the bottom pair. Yes, he was on the power play. He didn't maybe provide that. But nobody did in the Florida series. So I'm not about to put all of that on Gostasper. I think if you do, you're just dumb. You yeah, can't. I would agree with <laughs> you, that. You can't. And if I could resign him, I would. I, I'd resign him upwards up to six million. I, I would. I think he's a great defenseman. I think you can view him as if you're like, okay, we move Pesci, we sign Gostasper. Gostasper takes his rightful place as a top four defenseman among this in this organization. I think that's a great fit, a great way to kind of maneuver yourself. And then you take because if you extend Gostasper long term, six or seven years, you replace Pesci and you're locked in. So a player that you would have to deal with next year. Not, not a thing you have to take care of anymore, right? So it's not like my thought process of moving Pesci is we move Pesci and then you don't replace that top four. You replace him with Gostaspare and you give him the money he's 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 earned. Yeah, possibly. Although I don't think he comes back. I think he hits. Free Whoa, agency. he's going to hit free agency no matter what. Yeah. But the last defenseman, Sam, to me the most probably one of the most surprising players in a good way. For this team this season, Jalen Chatfield. I gave that guy an A. I thought he was really good throughout the entire playoffs. Man, his recovery skills, even when he messes up, and those are what recovery skills are, he is just top-notch in that. He can get back and and just make a glorious defense move. Yep. His 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 defensive moves kind of remind me that of Slavin, and his skating ability reminds me that probably a little bit of Shane yeah. Gosses Bear. So I think he's kind of that player that you put Gosses Bear and Slavin together. Yeah, and I mean at the end he's of the really day, good, very fast player. Probably I also one of the fastest. It's true. I also gave him an A+. And I'll tell you right now, when it comes to Chatfield, if you move on from Pesci, he can slot in that spot. He's a top four defenseman. He is. He yeah, is Slavin, in that spot now. And Slavin got hurt during the regular season, and Brendan Moore, he put Chatfield in that role with yes. Burns, and he excelled in that. He yes. was great. I was nervous, actually, when he was put in that spot because I didn't think he could handle it, but he proved me wrong. Yes. He, he was, was amazing. He was outstanding. He was great. And overall, I think our defense grade is an A. But I think think they earned it, right? I think they did. Everyone was, in my opinion, serviceable when they needed to be. When Coughlin had to come in and play toward the end of the season, I thought he was fine. He was better than he was at the beginning of the season. When DeHaan had to play, same thing, right? Um, Pesci was still fine, even though I gave him a C+. You're in a place with this decor where you're bringing back your core, no matter what, right? If you choose not to move anybody, your top five are signed, right? You have Slavin, you got Burns, you got Pesci, you got Shea, you got Chaffield. You really only need to find another defenseman, unless you want to go with LeJoie. Then you don't even have to sign another defenseman. Which I'd be fine with that. LeJoie, I think, is a player who's good um, playing the Carolina game, and I think... In order to play the Carolina game, you have to be a good skater. And I think that's possible. I think that's a cheap way to go about it. And not meaning cheap as in, oh, you shouldn't do it cheap, but cheap as in I can understand it. I, I kind of would like to grab another defenseman. 
Oh, I would too, but I wouldn't complain if LeJoie was. No, and I, I'm not either. I, I, I think they probably don't because they'll probably want to have insurance. So they yeah. probably still sign somebody or they trade for somebody. So they'll want insurance in case LeJoie doesn't work out. So they'll probably get a player they're like, who's a veteran? My guess is to play on that third pair. My guess. Um, granted, things might be different if they move Pesci, and I think that's a factor. And again, I'm not saying this because I've seen that Pesci's on the trading block. I don't know. I'm not an insider. I can only speculate. I bet you wish you were an insider. <laughs> It'd be fun. But I'm only speculating that I think Pesci's a piece that you could move and be okay because of the de- – and look, I've advocated for trading um, uh, 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 Nick Kishin um, because of when he's going to come into the team. It's – a little bit down the road but if you look at it, things right now if you choose to look at it down the road you can move pesci and be okay your future will be fine because you have chatfield because you have nikishin and, and because you have moro you got these players because i don't see us bringing back slave and pesci and shay and chatfield i think one of them doesn't come back it will not be slavin just go ahead and tell you right now, Slavin is coming back. He will not be the player left I want on the outside. I want him to retire as a Hurricane. Well, I do, That's too. Much I love Slavin. And I think he will retire as a Hurricane. I think his number gets retired. Um, oh, man, I'm going to that game. Yeah. And look, uh, there, there's a lot of things he can do this offseason to not only get better, but to prepare themselves for the future. Exactly. And a huge part of that is the forwards, which we'll do not the next episode, but the episode after that. So it's going to be fun. And make sure you all stay tuned for Monday. Scott Burnside will be joining me to talk about the Carolina Hurricanes, the National Hockey League. We're going to have a wide-ranging conversation. going to try and broaden it a little bit because I know people want to hear about the league too. So we're going to talk a lot about the Hurricanes and a little bit about National Hockey League. Maybe he's got some information he can share with us, talk about different rumors and stuff maybe floating around that he's heard. I'll ask him. We'll talk. It'll be fun. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Let let him know before – uh, you interview him being like, by the way, if you have any in- insider information that has not been leaked out there yet, feel free to do it on yeah. our interview. But yeah, we will see you guys uh, with, with the next episode. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Kaniac Report. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Can't get enough of the Kaniac Report? For more content or to connect with the Sams, check them out on Instagram and Twitter at The Kaniac Report. We'll see you next time.